You're listening to the Sermon Podcast from House for All Sinners and Saints. We are an Evangelical Lutheran Church in America congregation in Denver, Colorado. And you can find out more about us at www.houseforall.org. Grace, peace, and mercy are yours from the triune God. I have a very loud voice. You don't need to make it that loud. (laughs) You guys, trying to be a good person can be really exhausting. I don't mean not stealing or committing murder or something. That's not that hard. What I am tired of is keeping up with all the little stuff, keeping all the little things straight, the stuff people are always fighting about on Twitter and Facebook. Everybody's one-upping each other and about how woke they are and how they know who's canceled this week and what we should be outraged about now. And I do try, uh, but I can't keep track. It seems like the goalposts keep moving, like there's something always something else to worry about and pay attention to and something else to do. Like in this evolving straw controversy of 2019 where straws were bad and we should ban them because they were killing the fish in the oceans, but then straws were good because they help disabled people who can't drink like with their mouths because they have a disability. And so straws were good and everyone who thought straws were bad was also bad. And now maybe straws are fine, but not great, but also like the best that we have. So we're gonna still use them, but we're gonna feel bad about it every time we do. (laughs) I'm so tired. (laughs) Of course, this isn't all bad. As a white person, just because I was raised to believe that the civil rights movement ended in the 60s and also fixed everything, how did that turn out? Does not mean that I have to keep thinking it now, and indeed, or that I should keep thinking it now. As an adult trying not to suck, I have to be willing to adjust my ideas. We learn and grow, and justice hopefully marches on, but I don't think that means paying too much attention to whether coffee or eggs or coconut oil is bad for me this week, or which grocery store is the least morally reprehensible, or feeling guilty for driving too much, or agonizing about whether losing that 10 pounds will make me more valid as a human being. Our culture loves to tell us that we have to do things a certain way in order to be good enough. We're told that we have to have the right diet, the right exercise routine, the right politics, the right religious beliefs. No one agrees on what these things are, but there is a right one. We have to buy the right products, we have to live in the right neighborhood, have the right job, and if we don't do these things, we're failing as humans. The thing is, humans are really great at making rules, especially about what makes you good and bad. We love that. We've been doing it since forever. We really love rules when we can claim that God made them, especially when we can claim that God made them. It makes them that much easier to enforce, and our violence against those who break them that much more justified. There are so many rules, and these rules make us feel safe, but unless they come from God, they also aren't life-giving. It isn't that God didn't make some rules. God did, but always a lot fewer than we seem to think, and where Christians are concerned, maybe a couple, but definitely no more than like 10. (laughs) The truth is, for Christians, it's not even really about those rules anyway. It's about a truth so simple and beautiful that Christians have had a hard time accepting it since the beginning. So instead of accepting this truth, we invent more rules, we put up more boundaries that weren't there before 
and off we go again. Christians are doing this to this day. And since this is my first sermon for you lovely people, I want you to know some more about me. Let me tell you a story about how these boundaries and these rules have been a burden in my life, but how they're not that way for me anymore. If you had asked me about all this when I was younger and growing up in church, I would have said that Christianity had a lot of rules. In the church I was raised in, rules were everywhere, and they were mostly about what you shouldn't do. Don't drink. Don't do drugs. Don't be a hippie. Don't wear short skirts. Don't get tattoos. Don't have sex. Don't be queer. Wasn't a great fit. I remember sitting in church, 13 years old, listening to the annual sermon against homosexuality and feeling sick, realizing that this applied to me. For those of you who have heard these sermons, who've heard to, had to swallow love the sinner but hate the sin, you know how it feels. To realize that the love of neighbor your church professes to have doesn't apply to you anymore, even if you were born in that church and baptized in that church and brought up in that church and were an altar kid or a choir member or a youth group leader. That you have to choose between being who you are and being a part of it all. And even if you haven't had this specific experience, I know everyone has had an experience like this, whether in church or out of it. It was a confusing situation for me because I was also told that if I accepted Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior, I would be saved. But also, there seemed to be some sins that were so big, they were like disqualifying. Like God's love for me was conditional after all. So which one was it? Though it was my faith, my relationship with Jesus, the most important thing? Or was it checking all the right boxes, being the perfect Christian? Believe me, I tried to be the perfect Christian. Well, kind of. I didn't really try that hard. The problem was I knew I was queer, that I would never, ever, ever live up to the ideal being set before me. I was never going to grow up to marry a nice Christian boy and have nice Christian children that all wore gendered correct clothing and lived in the right house with the right fence and with the dog and all of that. I knew it was never going to happen. And I really had no interest in the argument that this was a choice I was making and something that could be corrected. However, this was still damaging. No matter how many times I told myself there was nothing wrong with me, the longer I stayed in the closet to keep my church community, the more burdened down with all these rules I got and the less of a life I was really living. Luckily for me, amidst all this confusion and harm, I also learned to love Jesus, and more importantly, that Jesus loves me, no matter what. God, since I was a little kid, has been a loving and constant presence in my life. And the more I learned, the more I learned about Jesus, I realized that Jesus' love just breaks all the rules. There's nobody Jesus didn't love, even when everybody told him that a person was too broken, too immoral, or just plain different. I knew that Jesus' love didn't fall within all the don'ts my church was trying to box it in with, and it was that love that gave me the confidence to leave that church and come out. It was scary. What if I was wrong and they were right after all? It's hard not to start to believe a lie, even when you know that's what it is, if you're just surrounded by it all the time. It's hard to break the rules. They can get kind of comfortable after a while. 
but I did break the rules. I did come out, and Jesus kept loving me anyway. Go figure. (laughs) I still felt the presence of Christ in my relationships, in creation, in prayer. I realized that I felt that love more now that I had stopped trying to live up to an impossible ideal and was more able to live fully into my calling as a follower of Jesus. Without the weight of all those don'ts, I was free. Free to find out who God had made and to live my life as Colossians describes. As you, therefore, have received Jesus Christ the Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. I decided I would find a church where I could show up as my whole self, and I found the Episcopal Church. Since trying to follow all these human roles hadn't really worked out for me, I tried instead to listen hard for where God was calling me, even if it was scary, even if it didn't match my plan for my life. So I went to seminary. I came out as trans and non-binary, and I ended up a priest. I ended up here with you. Despite the suffering I experienced early on in my walk with Jesus, I wouldn't trade any of it because now my life is filled with freedom. I can be who I really am, queer, non-binary, and a Christian. I have a vocation. I have a loving family who supports me. I have an amazing wife. I'm thriving and all through the grace of God. But it can be hard to believe that this grace really is that big, deep and wide enough for any sin of ours, for any rough edge we might have that society has told us needs to be sanded down, for anything that makes you stick out or feel ashamed. From what we hear in this passage, the Colossian church was struggling with it too. They had been baptizing Christ, but they were inventing a whole bunch of other rules for themselves and their community. In the first century as now, humans had trouble believing that God would just take care of them like that. Surely there was more to it than that. It couldn't be that simple. They were still beholden to the fears and anxieties of their former lives. They were pretty sure that this gospel was too good to be true. And we do this too. I know the conservative church is great at coming up with rules and it feels really great to feel like how much better we are than them. But let's get real. We do this. Rules such as, we have rules all all the time. Rules such as what we're supposed to eat. Is coconut oil good or bad? Where we're supposed to shop? Is Whole Foods like totally canceled? Who we're supposed to vote for? Is it okay to vote for Elizabeth Warren even though she said some problematic things one time or Kamala Harris even though she was in law enforcement or Pete Buttigieg even though he's only a mayor? (laughs) Our rules are just as burdensome, just as stifling. They're getting in the way of the same truth. No one is going to heaven or hell based on where they shop or how they dress or whether they drive a hybrid car or whether they voted at all. The truth is, Christ is sufficient for us. That's it. When you were buried with Christ in baptism, you were also raised with him through faith in the power of God who raised him from the dead. And when you were dead in trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive together with him. When he forgave us all our trespasses, erasing the record that stood against us with its legal demands, he set this aside, nailing it to the cross. No qualifications, no terms and conditions apply, no offer invalid if, nothing. We're free.
I know that in these troubled times, it can feel like you can never do enough. That you are only one small person who couldn't possibly make a difference. Believe me, I know how hard it is to turn off the voices telling you you aren't enough because you're different, because you don't fit some ideal of who our world tells us we should be, because you live a messy life where you make mistakes and then learn from them. But here's the real good news. There is nothing you can do to earn God's love. You already have it. And accepting it doesn't mean your life will be perfect. It doesn't mean you won't screw up or that you don't have to try anymore. What it does mean, though, is that you're free. You're free from sin and death, but you're also free from the pressure to constantly try to be good enough to be someone you're not. Because no matter how much the world hates us, they hated Jesus first. He came here, he lived among us, he loved us, and he died for us. We are part of his body, holy and sanctified, and nothing can take that away. We don't have to do anything all on our own because we have God and because we have each other. Isn't that a blessed relief? Amen. You have been listening to the sermon podcast for House for All Sinners and Saints. If you like what you've been hearing and would like to support the ongoing ministry of our church, just go to our website, www.houseforall.org, and click on Give.